This podcast was brought to you by Anchor. All right, here we are. Welcome back, guys. Cautionable offense. Can't wait to get going with you guys again. Um, I have officially moved to the great state of Texas. I am out of Utah, and uh, I'm just thrilled about it. It's been absolutely awesome so far. You know, it's been a little rough settling in as far as uh, getting here. Because, guys, if I had time, I could tell you the whole story of how uh, how I ended up here over the last week and what it was like trying to travel here, move here, all that. But man, I'm not. I don't have all day to tell you about it. But we're just thankful we made it. Got here with everybody. The kids are here. The cats are here. We got all of our stuff here. Nothing got stolen. Nothing got damaged. Everything is good. So the end result was good, even though the getting getting here, man. Wow, guys. It was like anything that could have gone wrong. Now, throw that out of your mind and replace it with something that you would never expect to go wrong. And that's what went wrong with us on our drive getting here to Texas. But you know what? We made it. Two-day drive took five days, but we did it. <laughs> So this will actually be the first show coming to you from Texas, which is awesome. And we're going to, it's great. Perfect timing. We've got Major League Soccer kind of coming down to the end of its season. And the Premier League just kicked off this last weekend, which I am so excited about. It was a great weekend. Uh, Really only one result over the whole weekend that I didn't like. And I'm sure you know which one it was. But other than that, like it was just a good weekend soccer wise. So we're going to talk about a few things because a lot has been going on lately. We're going to go over, uh, you know, some Major League Soccer stuff. Premier League, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the women's game. The women's Euro just ended. We got the Women's World Cup soon. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what's happening with the women's game, but not just the women's game, what's happening on the pitch. We're going to kind of talk about the uh, overall, you know, perception and growth, which is just, which seems to be a big topic um, lately, especially over in Europe, and it might just be because the Euro is going on. But anyway, we'll get into that later. But for now, let's just jump into it and let's talk about what's going on in Major League Soccer. All right. So this last weekend, I think um, we kind of saw, like I said, in my time off in between episodes, because, you know, if you've listened into the last one, you understood why it's been difficult for me to really get into it and uh have a lot more episodes coming out lately but um and a lot of them in previous you know there were a few things that i had said that have changed few things that haven't but really i mean not a lot has changed um in the east philly new york city montreal and new york red bull are top four seems like it's gonna pretty much stay that way i thought uh, new york red bull would stay up a little higher I i really don't understand how New York City is second. You know, when I watched them play, there was just nothing that said that about them to me, you know, early on in the season, but they keep getting the results they need. And then you have LAFC at Austin, who are still top two in the West. I think it's just clear those are the best two teams in the West, probably in the league. Uh, Following that is Dallas, Minnesota, RSL, Nashville, Toronto, Portland, and then uh, not Toronto, sorry, uh, Nashville, Portland, and Seattle. So Seattle's trying to get themselves back up in there. They'll probably still find a way to squeak themselves in. And then anything can happen in the playoffs. Uh, you know, still what, like a third of the a third of the season left, something like that. I think this weekend, LAFC showed that they're going to win MLS Cup. 
Um, you know, unless Austin can do something against them in the playoffs, but I think those two are far away the best teams in the West. Everybody else is just kind of not, not, irrelevant. I'm sorry, even Salt Lake. Sorry, Salt Lake was in third for most of the season, and now, and now they've allowed teams, you know, like Dallas, Minnesota, Nashville, to catch up. Colorado's awful. You know, I was at the game. Oh, and also a little surprising. Um, LA Galaxy have dropped to ninth, so they're just whatever's wrong with them. Who knows? But the season started off decent for them, but yeah, they've they're just they're nobody. Um, but especially nowhere close to what LA FC is or Austin. But when I I want to talk about RSL because I think it's reflective of just kind of how the league is right now. They were in third for most of the season. Um, right off the top, guys, I just it just appears that Major League Soccer is not super competitive this year. There's two, three, four good teams, you know, maybe four really good teams in the league. Let's say five. I'll give you five. I'll give you Philly, New York City, Montreal, LAFC, and Austin. Let's say that those are your I'd say those are the top five teams. Not you know, obviously they have the most points, but everybody after that is basically equal. Because it doesn't really seem to matter if you're bottom of the table. I mean, San Jose, Kansas City, those teams are trash, but they can still eke out a result against anybody on any given week. But the reason you don't notice it, the reason why those it doesn't matter, is because it's happening everywhere. It's like it, it means nothing if a fourth place team loses to the twelfth place team because on that same week the third place team lost to the fourteenth place team. Like it just it's so random, right? So what I'm getting at is, you know, I was at that Salt Lake game and the one thing I wanted to bring up is I won't be going, you know, I don't know when I'll be going to another RSL game, but when I was there, and it's always been this way, we we were up 2-0 and we ended up tied to Colorado. Colorado is dreadful. They're a terrible team, okay? Guys, so is RSL. <laughs> I was watching. I don't know how many times. It seemed like their really only plan of attack was to just, was just boom ball, launch the ball over the center back so maybe someone can run onto it. Uh, 20 times they did that, just gave the ball away. And they don't know how to play with a lead, you know, but I'm watching this thinking our fans are far more concerned with how the referees doing than they are with how our players are doing. Like, rather than expecting the referees to just not do a good job, because they don't, Major League Soccer referees are awful, and rather than focus on how our team is going, we're so mad at the refs for making poor calls, and we don't realize that even if the ref is making the wrong calls, we never, ever, 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 ever get mad at our players in Salt Lake. I don't know how it is in other stadiums, but man, it's amazing the treatment that soccer players get from their home fans. It's crazy the way they're treated because they're treated like little precious princes. Why? What's so wrong about telling our guys they suck? I mean, you need fans who tell their players that they suck, that they're underperforming, that they're playing like garbage. If I pay money to go to a game and you go out and you don't even perform, I'm going to be pissed and I'm going to tell you that you guys suck. I don't get to go and demand my money back. I should, but what I get to do instead is tell you guys you're awful and probably never come back. And that's at least how Salt Lake fans are. And now that I live near the Houston area, maybe I should be careful, but we know that's how it is down here too. Those fans do not show up. Salt Lake fans, I don't know why they go. I think it's more of a uh, family home evening activity. I don't understand it. It seems like they take all their kids. They want their kids to be able to uh, run around and disturb everybody and not even watch the game, but then they're also going to bitch and moan and complain about everybody because some fan used a curse word. It's like, 
oh, I brought my kids to this game. They shouldn't even have to hear that. Don't bring your kids to the game. You're going to hear that. And your kids aren't watching the game anyway, and neither are you. You're chit-chatting with your neighbor about how much better you are than your other neighbors. And while all that's going on, I'm sitting here watching the game going absolutely nuts because my soccer brain cannot handle how horrible Real Salt Lake really is. They can move the ball well. We have a good goalkeeper. Salt Lake has a decent plan of attack. They defend well as a team. There's things that they do well. But they do not have an offensive third. They just don't. They don't. And that's the thing. So all of our fans will yell at Cordova and say he's trash and that he's not a good player. No, 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 no. If you think, if you think that he's not good, then you are not. Then you, you need to, you know, heighten your understanding of the game. Understand what kind of player he is. Understand what kind of skill set he has, and understand what he needs from the people around him to be successful. Stop criticizing players because they're not messy. Not everybody can just find the ball and make something happen, no matter where they are, anytime. And I'm pretty sure there's not a single player in Major League Soccer who can do that. So I don't understand why we use that metric to say someone is trash. But when you see somebody like Cordova for RSL, big dude, moves pretty well. He has a phenomenal first touch. And his peripheral vision is awesome. He knows what is around him. He knows what his next move is. But he is a back-to-goal forward. He will drop back away from his goal up until you get into that final third. When you get into that final third, You've got to hit him with the ball. He becomes a target forward. He becomes someone who needs to be heading goals in, finishing crosses. And this last weekend, the only goal that RSL scored was a beautiful goal, in my opinion. A ball that was simply just, he he knew he had a a defender on his back. Ball was played to him. First touch into space, turn, shot, goal outside the 18. I mean, that's how he plays. And I believe in our previous game he scored, or if it wasn't that one, it was the one before, but he scored off a cross that if you actually cross the ball to the guy, he'll get his head to it and he'll make something happen. But no, we have the kind of fans who want to trash this guy and say he's a terrible player and we need new forwards because he's not scoring goals every game and they don't have any idea that it's because we don't have anybody who can hit the target. We don't have anybody on the field who can find a guy and play a pass to him if he's on the run. No one who can send a cross into the box, nothing. Nobody who can send a decent ball in. And I've seen it, the Monarchs too, Real Salt Lake's secondary team. Great possession. They use the entire width of their field, but they only attack down one side, and that one side is constantly sending their crosses all the way over and out of bounds to the other side or for goal kicks. Like, it's terrible. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It, it's been frustrating because Salt Lake, they're, we've always kind of had this uh, approach to the game of possessing, controlling, and, you know, deadly forwards. But we always had deadly forwards. We've had we've had Jason Christ. We've had Robbie Finley. We've had Urim of Sissian. We've had Espindola, which is ridiculous of a guy that is. And however you feel about him, when he was in Salt Lake, the system worked with him because we could find him in that space where he could run onto a ball and score. And he drove us all nuts, but he scored a lot of goals for us. So we've gone from having great forwards, always having great forwards to just not having stellar forwards. We have Cordova, who's I think is great, but he's the only, he, he has to be complimented. He's, he's a lot like Sabarillo, 
but bigger. Another great forward we had, but was not great without a Robbie Finley next to him, a Euro Movsisian next to him. You need those guys with you. You need a good compliment. You need another complimentary player. Cordova doesn't have that. So we've got some talent everywhere, but we tactically as a team cannot put it together. And you got to score goals to win. I hate when people say defense wins championships in soccer because it doesn't, guys. Goals win championships in soccer. You can play defense all you want. You can go 0-0 all you want, and you're not going to win. That doesn't mean you win trophies. Go into a tournament and go 0-0-0-0-0-0 in your three games, you probably go home. Great defense. Didn't allow a single goal, but you didn't advance either. You have to score goals in order to win in soccer. Scoring goals wins championships, period. And the reason, so like I said earlier, where I think it's kind of reflective of the whole league is that it's not really a competitive league. Two or three teams dominate in the West or the East or both, and if you think about it, and this really only just kind of now struck me, the playoffs are kind of silly in soccer. Like, the regular season almost means nothing in Major League Soccer because when you go to the playoffs, you just got to win, you know, basically like, what, four or five games, depending on how they decide to do the legs and however they do it every year nowadays. But you only have to be great for a few games, and that's easy to do in soccer. Again, that's where it can come down to where you go, well, at least if we go and do not get scored on, where defense could give us a chance to win a championship, if we go and we tie every game 0-0 and just hope we win in shootouts, there's a glimmer of hope in that strategy. It could happen. It's how Portugal won the Euro years ago. But I don't know. You know, like if Seattle squeaked into the playoffs and they tied every single match going through to the final and they won everything in shootouts, didn't Toronto just do that a few years ago, basically? Like, I don't think they're going to care. The cup counts, right? But that's why I think, you know, the supporter shield is basically meaningless already because the schedule isn't balanced and the regular season doesn't really seem to mean anything anyway because you can go to the playoffs and everything changes. You know, it's just it's not the same as basketball or football. The playoffs change things. But anyways, that's just some personal thoughts on just kind of how that works in general. You know, like I said, it looks like Philly, New York City, LAFC, and Austin. I know it never works out where the top two and, you know, the best teams seeded go all the way. But those look like our four best teams. And it looks like, uh, really, between LA and Austin, I can't decide if they end up playing in the Western Conference Final. I don't know who goes through. But I think... I think we're going to see Philly actually go to the final against, gosh, right now. Okay, we still got about a third of the season left. We're at the All-Star break where we're playing the Mexican All-Stars. Uh, well, not I don't know why we're playing them, but whatever. Better than watching our best guys go out and lose to a bunch of secondary team, secondary guys uh, in their preseason from Europe. So, whatever. So that's where you're at on the table, you know, kind of playoff picture. Wednesday again, <clears throat> we have a the All-Star game. Wednesday, 8.30 Eastern, whatever, on ESPN, All-Star game. And then Saturday, we pick right back up uh, with some more Major League Soccer action. LAFC probably gets another win against Charlotte. Stays on top. Austin probably beats Kansas City. Stays on top up there with them in the West. In the East, New York City's got to go to Miami. They probably beat them because that Bubblegum FC is just awful, which is hilarious to me. Again, I just love that David Beckham FC is 
not good. They're just there to to wear pink. That's it. We're from Miami. We wear pink. That's the only reason why Miami exists. And I think Philadelphia takes care of Chicago, even though they're they've improved drastically this year, getting themselves up into a playoff conversation. And then Cincinnati. Told you we were going to see a decent Cincinnati team this year. They probably get a win against Atlanta this week and keep themselves in the playoff race. So that's it for Major League Soccer. Now let's get into the most exciting part, the part we've been waiting for forever. Let's talk some uh, Premier League. We're done with week one. Let's look forward to week two and uh, possibly what we can see these final standings looking like. Okay, guys, we're finally there. Week one, English Premier League, what we're all excited about, and week one was wonderful. Arsenal starts the season off with a win, 2 nothing. They didn't just win. They uh, really played well, and man, I loved those uniforms they have. They look good, played good, won good. <laughs> it was just fun to watch, man. Good to, have the, good to have it back on. I only got to see the first half before... Uh, I jumped on the plane with my family, flying them down to Texas to finally move here. But I was happy to see a 2-0 finish and happy to see the way they played in that first half. Uh, they look like they had an identity. They've got some goals. They're ready to get going this year. Um, Saturday, we finally got to wake up and uh, have a full day of Premier League soccer. Liverpool, Fulham and Liverpool opened up with a game that ended up being 2-2. That was a great match. Great way to start the season. Bournemouth, the Cherries got a win in their first Premier League game in a couple seasons after getting promoted. And Leeds, Wolves, that was a good game. Leeds gets a win, but the uh, <laughs> the great thing is Wolves' new manager, Bruno, I'm sorry if I say it wrong, is it, I don't know, I wasn't paying attention to it, Bruno Lag, Legay, whatever. Wolves manager and Leeds, and the Leeds manager, Jesse Marsh, both playing their first matches this year. Um screaming and yelling at each other on the pitch when the game was over. I don't really know what it was about. I don't know if anybody's really said what it was about. It looked like maybe uh, Wolves was just mad because uh, Leeds was too exciting too much. I don't know. So whatever it is, this Bruno Leeds manager accused uh, Jesse Marsh of saying something, quote, you cannot say after, uh, you know, they were fighting with each other, so I don't know if he uh, came out and said what he said, whatever Marsh said. For all we know, it was just uh, something lost in translation. Maybe he said something, maybe Jesse Marsh said something that in America would be perfectly normal, but apparently in England it just pissed people off. So, whatever. Don't care. Jesse Marsh gets his win over there at Leeds. And, you know, another great match, and we'll see what happens uh, when they meet up again. It's too bad it happened just on the first week. we got to wait a long time for those two to meet up and have a rematch or whatever that was about so now uh, the other match the one i watched newcastle and nottingham forest i watched that one because i'm excited about nottingham forest being in the league they lost two nil newcastle looked good though i mean newcastle could have won that game eight nil they were that good or at least they were that much better than nottingham forest so not great for nottingham forest to start off that way but not everybody can be you know brentford um Tottenham won 4-1 against Southampton. Apparently, Southampton just didn't feel like playing. And uh, Chelsea and Everton played a pretty boring game. Ten minutes of extra time in both halves. Um, Chelsea won on a penalty. So, that was probably the most boring game of Saturday. Sunday, 
Leicester City, Brentford, uh, again, another awesome game. Brentford uh, ended up tying them, stealing a point from Leicester. I'm just kind of glad to start to see Leicester City fall off and hopefully start to approach that relegation zone again and get them out of the league for a while. Brighton and Manchester United play, and Brighton um, was the better team from the beginning to the end. They beat United 2-1. to one. Um, United is crap. I mean, they're, they're, they're crap. Let's just be honest. They're crap. And, yeah, they sat Ronaldo, and that was the right decision because Ronaldo's played, what, 45 minutes in the preseason? So, I mean, the guy's not – it's weird to say he's not fit, but it seems like they did this uh, – you know, this was really kind of funny – Ronaldo didn't start because he's not fit to start. But when they did decide to put him in, did he go, does he have like the, you know, did he text somebody and say, hey, get the cameras ready. I'm about to take my shirt off. And they went, ooh. Because for some reason or another, they cut from the action of the game for us to watch Ronaldo putting his shin guards on with no shirt for 30 seconds. I I don't know. What? is this is this soccer or is this just an entertainment like is this real i don't know like what are we watching here why does anybody care if he's over there putting his shin guards on we want to watch the game let us find out he's coming in just like we do with everybody else so whatever they put ronaldo out there made no difference um he's just not what he was like he's not going to be good in the premier league anymore he needs to be I mean, he's always been the the tap-in king. You know, he's so good inside that 18. Um, He's getting older, and he still doesn't realize that he's just the tap-in king. So he's still trying to do more than what he's actually capable of on this squad. He's he'd be Ronaldo. He's just his his times of being absolutely you know just a phenomenal player are gone. He may still score 20 goals every season because. He still knows, you know, where the goal is and how to stand in front of it and tap the ball into the net. I, I'm not impressed when he scores 20 or 30 goals. I'm just not. So now what he's doing, the player he is, is he's more interesting. Like he's an amazing shape. He works out all the time. So, you know, good for him. He, you got good muscles. Look at my abs. Nobody has abs like me. I might drag my club down and turn them into complete crap and be the most selfish player on the planet. But man... I work out and I look good. No one cares about that, Cristiano. In fact, the amount of people who you have who go, oh man, he's so ripped. He's the best, most in shape. Could you imagine doing that? His day? But that's because they can't talk about what you do on the pitch. They just talk about what you look like. When, which, speaking of what he looks like, I still die laughing at that bust of your head because it's so freaking accurate as to how your face looks, but everyone forgets because your body was chiseled by the gods. But anyway, Ronaldo made no difference in the match. And as long as he's at Man fortunately, I think United realized this. As long as he's there, they aren't growing. They're not going to get better while Ronaldo is there, period. It's just not going to happen. So it seems that they're all aware of that and he might be heading out. But unfortunately for him, I think everybody in the world is starting to see that. And I don't know where he's going to be able to go. But the greatness of Ronaldo is gone, and he should just come to Major League Soccer where he can just dominate and be the glamour queen he wants to be. So anyways, Brighton beat Man United following their worst uh, season in history, worst Premier League finish in history. They start the next season with a loss at home against Brighton. And then in the final match of the weekend, Manchester City beat West Ham at West Ham. 
Uh, Erling Holland with two goals. He got fouled on the first one. Uh, that was a penalty, and he scored the penalty, and then he scored a, a striker's goal to make it 2-0, and City wins 2-0. Two goals. And City wins 2-0 with two goals from the new signing, Erling Holland. And did anybody expect any different? I mean, really. No one's surprised. So, there we go. Premier League is off and going. Erling Holland doing what he's doing. I, it's you know, it's too early to say who's going to be what. But I told you guys a while ago. I think Liverpool starts to fall off. They might still be top four team this year. I just don't think they're going to be far and away running in the race with Man City for the league. City runs away with the league this year, and everybody else is just competing for two, three, and four. Well, everybody except for Man U. <clears throat> so later this week, two week two coming up Saturday. Here are the matchups we have: Arsenal hosting Leicester City. I hate Leicester City. Can't wait to see Arsenal handle them. Aston Villa hosting Everton. I think Aston Villa wins. I think Everton's going to be horrible once again. Um, I don't think that they're going to just escape relegation, but I expect Everton to be pretty bad again this year. Brighton will host Newcastle. That should should be a good match. Let's uh, let's the way both teams are playing well. Let's the way uh, let's, I'm just going to call it two two. I'm going to say Brighton Newcastle play a great game and it's two two. City will destroy Bournemouth at home. Southampton hosting Leeds. I think Leeds can go in and get another win there, but who knows? They've been so up and down. Wouldn't be surprised if they lost. Wolves will be hosting Fulham. Again, Fulham could go in there and win. Uh, just getting promoted, though, it doesn't, you know, forget that they got relegated. It's still Fulham. They can, they can compete in this league. We saw them do it with Liverpool. So don't be surprised if Fulham goes into town and beats Wolves. Also with Wolves. Are they going to decide to f- make themselves relevant, or are they falling off to that relegation zone again? Who knows? We'll see. Uh, Brentford hosting Man United, and Brentford will win one nothing. And then Nottingham, Nottingham Forest will host West Ham. I'm really going to be hoping. I'm going to be pulling for Nottingham Forest a lot this year. I like when teams these get promoted and haven't been there for a while. And Nottingham Forest has a great history. I'll be pulling for them, but I don't think they pull it off. West Ham wins three one. And then the last, that one's on Sunday. The last game on Sunday is going to be Chelsea hosting Tottenham. And I hope both teams, I hope it ends 0-0. <laughs> can't, can't handle the thought of either one of those teams winning, so just let them draw. And then Monday, Liverpool will host Crystal Palace and probably handle them because Zaha will be spending most of the game rolling on the ground, whining and crying about not being good enough to compete with the top-level teams. You know how badly he would love to play for a team like Liverpool, but he'll never perform well enough to get there. And then that'll round out week two. Uh, we're excited to see what happens. I love watching the Premier League. So happy it's back. The other one, big one I saw, Barcelona won their match 6-0. Uh, Lewandowski scored. Aubameyang scored. Watch out for Barcelona in the Champions League this year. They might just have too much firepower. I'm not going to say they're going to be... I don't know if they're going to win the whole thing, but I think they might just have a little too much firepower to be ignored um, going forward into the Champions League this year. So but with that, let's get into the next little bit. Oh, uh, the next little bit here. I want to talk somewhat about the uh, women's game and where that's going and if we should even care. This is going to be our cautionable offense. Okay, so the reason I want to bring this up Talking about the women's game, well, there's a couple of reasons. First off, right off the bat, I know we live in this uh, 
prissy little snowflake world where everybody's just looking for a reason to find something wrong with somebody else. You know, if we live in a world where people are so full of hate that they don't know how to look at the world in any way other than to accuse other people of being hateful, right? So if you're dumb, tune out because this is not for you, all right? You're going to start thinking, oh, this guy hates women. I don't. I actually really, really, really enjoy watching the women's game. Uh, as you know, relative to everything else that I watch, if I have a choice to watch a women's game or a men's game, it depends on the men's game. If it's a major league soccer game, I may watch one of the women's games, but doubtful because I know the men's game will have a higher chance of something entertaining happen. Um, I've coached girls. I coached girl. I actually prefer to coach girls over coaching boys. I can tell you, when I get to where I'm coaching boys over girls, the boys just do things that I can't teach them. You know, the the boys are just capable of things that you can't just teach. They're born with these God-given abilities. You know, nobody really taught Messi how to be the dribbler that he is. You know, that he just, he has it. Someone introduced the game to him. He had the ability to just do what he does. I have never seen a woman who plays like Messi, ever. Have you? So, if... Like I said, if you are if you're thin skinned and if you're a stupid person, turn the show off um, because this this is just not the place for you. You're just going to get mad for absolutely no reason too. And the reason I say that is because I don't have a problem with people enjoying the women's game or wanting the women's game to grow or believing the women's game is going to grow. All that's great, right? Um, if you are a part of the soccer world, you know who the men and blazers are. Um, I don't know why I enjoy listening to them. I, I, I watch their show because they talk, they cover a pretty wide range of topics in the soccer world and they're not funny. They, they, they're not half as funny as they think they are, but I do enjoy listening to their show mostly. Um, the reason I say mostly, you know, I, I follow them. I watch their, their, uh, Facebook page and they just post funny things, right? Like not funny as in like comedy humor. They just post things that make me chuckle and they're just these they're another just pair of wokies you know trying to pander to the world we live in today and they say all the right things but come on even they don't believe it so since the women's euro ended the most recent big thing going on in women's soccer the women's euro england won it um i kind of knew what was going on if i hadn't been following them or you know follow the soccer pages i did i would have no idea the euro was who who was doing well in the Euro, you know, no idea over there. Um, I didn't see any games on TV. There probably were some, but I didn't see any. England wins it. And suddenly, all the English soccer fans think that, I don't know, the whole world, like a new Stargate has opened and a whole new world is about to enter into this planet. And I just don't get it. And what really keeps drawing, what drew my attention was I saw this uh, post. I listened to their the women's podcast uh the women's game podcast of theirs mostly it was really tough to listen to um but that nadia who was on there they they posted a quote from hers on their facebook page which is really what got me to go and listen to the show where she said that the euros will change people's point of view on women's football quote and if i paraphrase the rest of the quote you know she says you know it's not going to happen overnight uh, this is the kind of thing she said, you know, this is definitely going to happen, but it won't happen overnight. And this is just a step. One of the many steps you have to take towards that. Um, just no, Nadia, 
but it, it won't just happen overnight. Well, you kind of just said it would. You kind of just said that these euros will change everything, right? So I don't know. You're right. It won't happen overnight, but it's been happening for a long time. And the, the growth in the women's game is not because of you guys. It's not because of European soccer. It's because of American soccer. It's because of Mia Hamm, Brandy Chastain, Joy Fawcett, Julie Foudy, those guys, Christine Lilly, those women, Brianna Scurry, those women are the reason this game has grown to what it is today. The American women. You know why? Because America, our women have more freedom here than anywhere else in the world. We've been the first ones to allow our women to do these things. We're the first ones to allow our women to do these sports, compete at a high level. We were the first ones to start winning these tournaments. So you can say whatever you want about America. Again, for the dumb people who think America is just a bigoted society who hates women, you're dumb. We don't hate women. We let our women do everything. We really do. All the rights that you're fighting for, that our activists are fighting for, all of the rights that our some of our stupid citizens say the women don't have, they they already have. They're fighting for rights they already have. And the ones that they say they don't have aren't rights for anybody, right? So you're not you're not oppressed. You're not held back. You're not held down. You can be whatever you want to be just like anybody else. You know, they stand up with this, well, will I get paid like a man gets paid? Uh, you'll get paid according to the level at which you do your job. Just like anybody else. And you want them to have that kind of money just because they're women. Yeah. We we kick ass with our women here in the States. Unfortunately, we're kind of trying to destroy it, but we'll get to that in a second. But, you know, the with England winning the Euros, I don't understand why anybody over in Europe or in England think that winning this Euros actually means anything. You didn't win the World Cup because who did that? That's right, we did. Who did we beat in the final? England. That's right. You're not up there with us. You may have won the Euros. That doesn't mean anything. We play some pretty good soccer over here. Canada's playing well. Brazil has always played well. And Raj wants to get on this podcast and talk about, you know, the Europeans are uh, closing the gap. The women are closing the gap on the United States. Okay. Here's what I was saying, right? It's easy to just get a show. Anybody can get a show and just come on and say things like, oh, we're closing the gap on the United States. Oh, the women's game will definitely grow because of the Euros. Guys, the way you guys talk about the impact Euros, like the way these Europeans talk about the Euros is the same way Americans talk about Major League Soccer. Our fans over here like to think because somebody like Pirlo comes over, David Villa comes over, Ibrahimovic comes over, these guys want to keep coming over here in retirement. Luckily, it, you know, everybody, a lot of people in America call it the retirement league, and that's really not being combated anymore. Even the diehard MLS fans are realizing, yeah, it's the retirement league. Like, it is. It just is, guys. And the people who start doing great leave and go to Europe. So, at least people are kind of seeing that. But we, I don't understand all of the American fans who think that because Major League Soccer is expanding and growing and we have 85 teams in 14 cities, that that's a good thing. Or because... We are entertained by our league over here that we're closing the gap on the Premier League or the Bundesliga or anything over there. Trust me. Trust me. We have plenty of Major League Soccer fans here who believe that, who think that we are not far from being a top-tier league like those other leagues. It's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. Never. It just won't. Which is fine. Just If that's who we are, that's who we are. Stop pretending we're closing any kind of gap on the rest of the world. And the Euros, stop pretending because England won the Euros. Again, the Euros, you guys are still way behind us. You're still look. You admit it yourself. There's a gap that needs to be closed, right? That gap doesn't get closed by competing against each other. 
So just overhype, overhype. And that's really, that's the main thing, uh, main reason I wanted to talk about it. Because as someone who does enjoy the women's game, and I am enjoy what, like, women should be able to do whatever, whatever they want. It's not even a discussion, right? I'm not going to sit here and try to justify whether or not women should play sports. I don't care who plays sports. I really don't. Do whatever you want, man or woman. I really don't care. But can we stop overhyping it and pretending that it's something that it's not? Can we stop telling these girls that they're going to reach goals and accomplish things that they're not going to accomplish? And when they don't accomplish them, we blame it on other sources. Oh, the women's game isn't big because men hate women. (laughs) Really? Again, those people, hopefully you've tuned out. Anybody who believes that kind of bullshit has already tuned out from this episode. Because if that's how you if that's how you see the world, that the women's game is not successful because men are sexist, then you're retarded. Get out of here. You have no business being here. You need to go find a safe space where you can talk to somebody else who already agrees with you to make you feel better about yourself. If you can't handle opinions you don't agree with, this ain't the place for you. So, and I say this, you know, why are we giving them these unrealistic goals? It's because, guys... <laughs> The growth of the women's game. Now, whether or not England, you know, closes the gap on the United States and all that, I don't care. This is just kind of some banter, trash talk. England, you're still not going to catch up to us and beat us. We're still the best, and we are still getting better. Our women in 1999 gave birth to this new hope of women all across the world to be a part of this. And really, it started in America. So however many people you think you have in all of Europe, young girls, into soccer, there's that many just in the United States who are playing soccer. So we're still getting better. We're still going to dominate this. This is still our sport. So it's not even about that. England, if you close the gap, great. That has nothing to do with the next part I'm talking about, right? If Europe catches up with the United States, Brazil, all that, and we're all finally even, that still doesn't really get into what I'm about to talk about, which is, you know, setting up these ridiculous goals and saying, oh, the women's game will accomplish this. No, they won't. And here's why, okay? What these women are doing is providing entertainment. These are what we would call non-essential workers. Everything that every pro athlete does when they go out on the field, they could never go out on the field again. The world would stay exactly the same. Sports could disappear, the world would stay the same. The reason it's not going to grow is because it's not entertaining enough. Women's soccer is not entertaining enough. All right? I can watch it, I can enjoy it, but I can watch it from a point where I've chosen to cheer for the United States women or I've chosen to cheer for um, whatever women's team I'm watching, North Carolina College, whatever, the local high school, I can cheer for that. I can be. I can enjoy it because I'm. I want them to win. The same way I can go and watch my five-year-old play, and I can cheer and enjoy it. But I'm not silly enough to think my five-year-old's game is going to gain national attention just because I enjoy it. Right. Same thing with the women's game. Just because there are people who exist who go to the games, who enjoy it, who are entertained and love it, does not mean anything on on the grand scale, greater view of things. Okay. Because guess what? In the United States, we barely watch men's soccer. What makes you think women's soccer is going to suddenly grow? You're just hoping that women's soccer will grow to the point that we're barely watching that either? Right now, people barely even know women's soccer exists here in the United States. 
So yeah, you may grow, but that doesn't mean you are ever going to overtake anything. You're not going to change the complete view on women's football. Like you're just not, you're not going to make it any, any bigger than it is. And just to prove to you, it has nothing to do with them being men or women. Nobody watches minor league baseball. Nobody watches the NBA D league. Nobody watches semi-pro football. What do all of those things have in common? A couple of things, right? First of all, all of those are men's sports. So why does nobody watch those? Because the entertainment value is low. Nobody wants to watch a AAA baseball game on TV unless your kid is playing or if you're from that town. And even then, it's just random. And most people who go to a AAA baseball game, you're just there for like the family time. Get out, do that, like whatever. It's AAA baseball, right? Cheering for the kids to go up and make it to the bigs. That's it, you know? They have tiny little stadiums and they never fill up. Then you have, you know, the NBA D-League. But nobody watches the NBA D-League except for their parents, their girlfriends, you know, and people who are just diehard basketball people and will watch it anyway. But even those people will tell you it's not as good as watching the NBA. And you're looking at me going, well, duh. Well, yeah, that's why I'm looking at you going, well, duh. Why do you think no one watches the women's game? Have you ever seen a bicycle kick in the women's game? Anybody? I mean, if you've got it, send it to me. Because I've never once seen a girl even try a bicycle kick in a game. They can all do that little flip throw, whatever that's good for. You do that thing where you flip over on the ground and you throw the ball 600 feet into the air. As if that's supposed to help you guys somehow. But I've never seen women do a lot of things. You know, okay, you guys ever see the show Letter Kenny? There's a beautiful scene where the coach, the hockey coach, is talking about how he watches the Olympic Games when the Olympics come on. Every single one, right? Every single one. Every single speed competition. Every single one. The men's times eclipse the women's times. Why is that? Okay. No hands up. I'm going to tell you. Men are more athletic. We're born that way. So we're naturally going to be able to do things physically more often than women that make people go, oh my goodness, how can a human even pull that off? It's just facts. So basketball is going to be more entertaining. The WNBA, they want to freak out because one person can dunk a basketball with nobody around her. And so what? That literally means nothing. Now you got guys in the NBA. Do you want to see a dunk or do you want to see somebody jump over somebody, slam it down so hard, the ball bounces off the ground, goes into the stands, guy falls down on his back because he just got dunked on? Like, which one sounds more entertaining to you? So, I don't know. I just, there's some things, and this is a thing, it doesn't have to be a bad thing, ladies, because you all do things I don't know how you could do or anybody else could do, you know? Women are capable of some incredible things I could never pull off. Dunking a basketball and hitting a baseball 450 feet are just things that are not on that list. Okay? And don't even get me started on softball. We've got to stop filling these women's head, these girls' heads, with something like, you're going to be this, you're going to be that. Stop lying to them. 
Now, it's one thing to say, and you can be whatever you want to be. You can do this. You can become whatever. You can go here. You can do that. That's great. But in general, as a generality, can we stop looking at it and saying the women's game is going to explode? Can we stop acting like the women's game is going to turn into some massive multi-billion dollar business as if the level of play is going to suddenly become that entertaining? So, like, I don't know. Stop doing things like the She Believes Cup. Why don't you just call it the We're PC Cup? She believes what, exactly? What does she believe? She's going to win the whole thing? I don't know. Because only one team can walk away. So even if they all believe, if every girl there, if she believes she's going to win the tournament, she's not. Only one set of girls is. But anyways, I won't dwell on that for too long. The She Believes Cup is just a stupid name for a tournament. If Honestly, you could just call it anything else and it would be better. But that name right there says that you are only doing it so that the girls have something to cheer about. You know, so... The last part I want to go into is like it. The game will grow, right? But it's not going to. It's not going to overtake anything. It's not going to become big in in, in the entertainment world. They've come a long way. The women's game has come a long way as far as you know, uh, broadcasting and all that. Their first season, they only had like six games, maybe nine total, including the semis and final that were broadcast in 2013, 2014. They had like nine games. 2016. Uh, they got a year with like Fox Sports, and they uh, had ten games on in 2017, something like three years with A and E, where they would play 22 games, and then A and E pulled out in 2019. Uh, they gave everything that A and E wanted from the league and got like spots on the board and ownership and all that. They gave all of that back, every part of the deal they gave back to the league, and then just kind of pulled out and didn't do it and. It's because no one was watching. They're not making money. Being a part of it is costing A&E money. So that's the other thing. The women's game, if it's so great and you're getting these broadcast deals, if it's a, if if showing the women's game on TV is costing you money, you're not going to put them on TV. It's that simple. Okay? Regardless of how we might feel about the women or how their game is or how they play, if their game, if putting their games on TV costs the network money, that network is not going to put them on. If they make more money on SpongeBob, they're going to put SpongeBob on. Even if we all think SpongeBob is stupid, if it makes more money than the women's game, they're going to put that on there. But I will extend somewhat of a knowledge branch, olive branch, right? The There is a chance. There is a tiny chance that the women's game will catch up to the men's game. At least in the United States, I don't know how it is... Uh, well, not the men's game, but just men's sports and the entertainment world. I don't know how it is in England, but it could happen here because we are very quickly allowing men to take over women's sports. And so, I don't know. At some point, you're just going to have a bunch of transgenders and women's sports are going to die anyway. So, I think you should be more focused on keeping women's sports alive and stop trying to turn women's sports into something that it never will be. Let it be there. Let it exist. Let it grow. Let it do whatever it wants. But stop blaming sexism and hatred for the lack of success in the women's game. It's not entertaining enough to blow up. Even the men and blazers haven't mentioned the women's game in six days since the Euro ended. They put a post up about her post saying, this is definitely going to change people's view, that Nadia, Nadim, but since then they haven't even mentioned it. Even the men and blazers aren't talking about it, but they have 500 posts about the Premier League and about American soccer. They're Even they don't care. Even the people who have this show... To make you think they give a rat's ass about the women's game. They haven't mentioned it in a week. Okay? 
So let's slow down, back it up, cheer for these women, let them do their thing, let the league grow or not, whatever. My whole point is stop blaming the rest of the world. It's not their fault they're not entertained by your girls. Okay, now we're done. Again, I know that was a little bit all over the place, but I just felt like it had to be talked about. I'm tired of this women's game stuff and people pretending. That's what it is. I'm just tired of people pretending to care about the women's game on their podcasts, on their posts, and in public when really they're not going home and turning the games on. You can say whatever you want about how the women's game is going to do this and that. If you're not going home and turning on the game, if you're not buying jerseys, then, then stop it. Your words mean nothing. So, but thanks for tuning in, guys. Real quick, let's look ahead to this weekend. Um, I started this recording before Wednesday, finishing it after Wednesday. Major League Soccer uh, All-Stars played the Mexican All-Stars on Wednesday and got absolutely worked. Uh, Major League MLS won 2-1. to one. Uh, Possession 52% for Liga MX All-Stars. 20 shots, 7 of them on goal for Liga MX. Their goalie had to make 0, well... Not had to. Their goalie made zero saves because we scored the only two shots on goal we had. One of them was a penalty. Okay? If their goalie is able to make one save, it's a tie game against the offseason Liga MX All-Stars. So I thought it would be better than playing and losing to a bunch of B squatters from Europe, but I'm not really sure. But that's our our All-Star team. This weekend, more Premier League coming up. Cannot freaking wait for that. More Major League Soccer. Um, like I said, those tables were about, they got about a third of the season left. We're seeing what, uh, I think, who, who are the good teams are going to be. Not really any intriguing games this week. I think Cincinnati can get another win and keep themselves in the playoff picture. I've been calling that all week. Philadelphia works Chicago. Yeah, yeah there's just nothing too wild this weekend. Um, I think you can pretty much go through and, Maybe L.A. and Vancouver, the Galaxy in Vancouver is closer than I thought because I don't know what's going on with the Galaxy. They were. They looked decent at the beginning of the season. Seattle, they're hosting Salt Lake. Congratulations, Seattle. You're about to go jump over them because Salt Lake just can't pull their heads out of their butts long enough to play a decent match. And, yeah, Seattle still got time to creep into the playoffs and make something happen like they always do. So, so yeah, then we got the Premier League, and we talked a little bit about that earlier. So, come on, you Gooners. Let's get another win. I hate Leicester City so much. (laughs) Anyways, thanks a lot for showing up again, guys. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys some more. Signing out from Texas. And looking forward to seeing you guys next week. Take care. Hey, guys, once again, thanks again for listening to the show. It means a lot to me. If you could, if you're liking the show at all, please, whatever platform you're listening to it on, Leave me a rating, leave me a review. It helps me out tremendously. And thank you once again for tuning in and I can't wait to see you again.